This is The Bonfire, on demand, on the Blaze Radio Network. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Here it is, the bonfire. You've chosen the correct podcast. Good for you. You have made the first step in your journey, the success journey. No, seriously, though. You've made an excellent choice today because this is a chock-full episode of entertainment, culture, sports, you know, fun topics, interesting things. And that's what Bonfire is all about. If you want politics, uh, don't come here. If you want to hear about Obama, Hillary, Trump, Cruz, the legislative branch, anything like that, <laughs> no, don't come here. Stay away. Because that stuff is not welcome here. There's a time and a place for everything. And this time, the place is called success. And I'm going to give a book review here. It is called The Happiness Track. The Happiness Track by Emma Sapela, I believe is how you pronounce her name. You know, Dr. Emma Sapela. Sepela, who knows. S-E-P-P-A-L-A. And the A's have the uh, umlauts above it. So I don't really know how to pronounce that. Surprisingly, as much of a, a, a grammar Nazi that I am, I am not sure how to pronounce her last name. But that is neither here nor there. Let me read... A little bit of the intro here to kind of explain what the book is. And then I'm going to go through the six chapters. This is a nice short book. It's about 100 and, let's see, 160 pages, so totally doable to read in a weekend if you're a, a fast reader. And I thought there were, there were a number of points that I enjoyed in this book. And I thought, you know what? I never thought of that. That makes total sense now. And it's technically under the, it says, self-help and success, you know, uh, genres. So if you go to your bookstore you'll you'll find it there and it's a big white book it's got orange um lacing not lacing but um design <laughs> orange and white happiness track by emma sapela here it is everyone wants happiness and success yet the pursuit of both has never been more elusive as work and personal demands rise we try to keep up by juggling everything better moving faster and doing more while we might succeed in the short term this approach comes at a high cost in the long term it hurts our well-being, our relationships, and paradoxically, our productivity. In this life-changing book, Emma Sapela explains that the reason we are burning ourselves out is that we fall for outdated theories of success. We are taught that getting ahead means doing everything that's thrown at us with razor-sharp focus and iron discipline, that success depends on our drive and our talents, and that achievement cannot happen without stress. The happiness track demolishes these counterproductive theories, drawing on the latest scientific research on happiness, resilience willpower, compassion, positive stress, creativity, and mindfulness. Sapela demonstrates that being happy is the most productive thing we can do to thrive, whether at home or at work. 
She shares practical strategies for applying these scientific findings to our daily lives. A fulfilling, successful, and anxiety-free life is within your reach. The Happiness Track will show you the way. Well, that sounds great. You know, we've all heard it before. Push harder, work harder, stress is good, or at least a little bit. Some people are the workaholics. We've talked about that here before. And Bonfire is all about that balance. Yes, you should work hard, but you should play hard, too. You should relax. If you go 100 miles an hour, all day, every day, and it's work, you're going to burn yourself out. And she says that multiple times throughout the book, burning yourself out, meaning mentally, you're just going, you're going to veg. People are going to be trying to talk to you at the end of the day, and you'll, you'll, you'll see right through them. You won't even be paying attention. You are not there in the moment. Your mind is elsewhere. It's either on work or it's on sleep, and you're thinking to yourself, Ugh, I just want to go home. Stop talking. I just want to go to bed. Where's the food? Good night. You're going to be an, a very unpleasant person to be around. And some of the most successful people you see, you're like, oh, well, it looks like they work 23 hours a day. That must be the, the answer to success is to work really hard and do nothing but that. Some people do that. But not everybody, nor should you. You should make the time to relax, take a deep breath. And she does, uh, <laughs> there's like a little section here in the book about breathing, and it actually kind of helps. That is something that it is completely within your control. <sighs> deep breaths. Breathing at all, you know, in general, it's uh, involuntary, really, because now our bodies have learned to do it by itself. But when you mentally think about it and say, I'm going to sit here, take a deep breath, and calm down. Okay, I got this. It really does work. So, section number one, chapter one. Let me find the, the quote that stood out the most for me. Chapter one is, stop chasing the future. Stop chasing the future. Where is it? That's a good one. Oh, there's another good one. There it is. Being present increases your charisma. All right. Now this is more for the... Uh, the business professionals out there. We've all heard that term before. Charisma. You need to have charisma at work. Everybody loves it. Okay. Well, what does that really mean? I mean, charisma would be this this sort of energy that you give off and that people are just like, I just love being around him. And she's so great. To, she's inspiring. And she's so full of life and positive and happy and productive. All that kind of charisma is all kind of wrapped up in just this elation, this feeling that you get from being around someone, someone that just draws you in and they're very personable and sociable. It's great. Yeah. We would all love that. Even the uh, introverts can have charisma. Okay. It's not something you're born with. It's something you learn. And that's something else she mentions here in the book. It's, you know, we all have strengths, but those can be lost and they can be improved. And the things that you think you suck at, you can actually improve at those as well. And she goes through all these examples, even Einstein, People used to think he was stupid, but he was just a slow learner. Then when he devoted himself to thinking, you know what, I'm going to do this. Boom, there you go, Nobel Prize. So she makes the argument, look, we can all learn to have this mastery of whatever something of something that we choose to do. So if you look at it like that, then you won't be so depressed all the time and just say, well, I just suck at this, so I'm not going to do it anymore. No, don't do that. Have a positive attitude. So, being present increases your charisma. She is saying, stop chasing the future. Be in the moment. Live in the moment. The happiest people in the world are the ones that live in the moment. The ones that live in the past, you know, they're depressing. 
They're the ones that it's cliche. The ones that like, oh my, in back in my high school days, man, those were good days then. It's really, dude. The high school was the best time of your life. It never got better for you. That's that's sad. That's terrible. Don't live in the past because it is absolutely out of your control. It's over. Move on. Be in the moment because you're living it right now. You're choosing to listen to this podcast as being in the moment, and I thank you for that. <laughs> but when you're done with it, think, all right, what am I going to do now? I'm going to go get me some food. I'm going to go take a nap. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to go see my friends or my family. Be in the moment because at any second, you could die. It's kind of a morbid thought, but really that's just how shallow life is. Anything can change. All of a sudden, you get a promotion, and they're saying, hey, we need you to move out of state. Boom, there go all the friends you just had in that state. Now you have to go make new ones. Life is, change Change is the only consistent thing in life, okay? So if you're in the moment, you're more likely to be able to kind of bounce back from the negatives and pull yourself back down from the uh, the highs that you get because you think you're, you're just hot stuff. You know, being present and calm keeps you on your feet, keeps you in the real world. So that was her suggestion in the first chapter. Stop chasing the future, be in the moment. And that's something that I'm trying to uh, learn myself. It's it's easy to, you know, kind of look look back on your life and have regrets. Everybody does, but you can't let those eat you up. And it's also easy to look forward to the future and say, you know what? Things are not that good right now. I can't wait for things to get better. It's just a matter of time. Um, I'm not happy right now. I mean, that's also a depressing way to live. You don't know what the future is going to hold. It's either going to get worse for you or it's going to be unbelievably great. But every there's every possibility it's out of your control. I would say it's pretty difficult to plan really anything two years out. One year, you're still kind of pushing it. A lot can happen in one year. If you try to plan things out two years in advance, chances are it's not going to go according to plan at all. You can have lofty goals. You can say, hey, by the time I'm 30, I'd love to have a a career, a stable job, and a house. Okay, that's pretty generic. But if you were to say, I want to be this position at this company with this much salary in this house in that neighborhood with that woman, you know, that wife, okay, you're getting way too specific because that's all out of your control. It really is. A number of things you can kind of influence, but that's something you need to learn, I think. That's something that I'm trying to learn is to go with the flow. Have the goals. Try to aim and give it your best shot. But if it goes awry, don't lose your mind. Chapter 2, step out of overdrive. Here's what she's saying about burning yourself out. Here's what stuck out at me. Quote, what success looks like, of course, is up to you. That stuck with me because we always find ourselves trying to compare Bob to Joe, Samantha to Kathleen. That's just human nature. The grass is always greener. Keeping up with the Joneses. Seeing other people's lives on Facebook and thinking, wow, that looks like a great life. They got their act together. What the hell am I doing? And then you get down on yourself. But success, only you can define it what it means for you. For some people, it's to work over 100 hours a week on Wall Street and be alone with maybe one or two friends. If some idiot has a dream like that, okay, that's his business. That's not yours. If yours is to have a respectable job that's uh, steady, pays the bills, and then some, 
You enjoy your coworkers. You have plenty of friends and family all around you. You have weekends off or some portion of the week off where you get to relax and you know share moments with family or sleep in, read a book by yourself, whatever. That is success to a lot of people too. For me, it is to have downtime, to not have my life devoted to work, to have a balance, to have a variety of things to keep myself busy, play some video games here and there with uh, roommates, go actually outside and play golf, go hiking, go swimming, go traveling, work hard, eat, sleep, go to the opera, go to the symphony, go to a concert, sporting event, hockey, basketball, football, all the above. So what success looks like is only up to you. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. What success is for that dude over there may not be the same for you, and that's perfectly okay. So this is meant to help you take a deep breath and not freak out when your friend is making six figures and you're not. Well, what do you have that he doesn't? He may be looking at you and say, dude, I have all this money, but I'm all alone. I spend it all on myself, and it kind of sucks. I wish I had your friends. Your friends are very supportive. And you spend a lot of time with them, and you all love each other. That's great. I wish I had love. I'm very alone in this world. There are people like that. And that's terrible. That is one of the... That's one of the killers of humanity. We're not meant to be lonesome. To be alone. So while you may not have as much cash as the next guy, you may have something that he would kill for. Okay? Success is up to you. Managing your energy. Chapter 3. Let me see if I can find this bad boy. Oh, yeah. So there is no quote, but it's in the chapter here and what she's saying. Emma, Dr. Dr. Cepela, says there are highs and lows in your life, and you only have so much energy in your body. So when you wake up in the day, if you are on cloud nine, you're on top of the world, and you're like that all day, you're draining your energy. Yes, you're excited, and it's happy, and it's fantastic. But at the end of the day, chances are, you're emotionally drained, maybe mentally drained. You'd say, wow, that was a huge ride today. That was great. But now, oh, it's time for bed. That sounds so nice. You know, it's like anything. You have a big-ass party for yourself. Maybe it's a birthday party, the big uh, 4-0. And you just spent all day with friends and family, lots of gifts and uh, food and drinks And it was just, it started at 7 a.m. and now here it is at 2 a.m. the next day. And you're like, wow, I have not slept this entire time. I've been around everybody. I had a fantastic day. This will be with me the rest of my life. But now, wow, I am am tired. Not not just physically, but mentally. I'm going to need to clock out for another day or two just to recover from being at that such an emotionally high state. And then, then the opposite of that is the anger. You know, that's the negative side. Anger and stress, that's when you're, you know, uh, high-intensity emotion as well. But it's a negative one. So if you find yourself angry all day, of course you're going to come home pissed and tired. You're just mentally exhausted. And when your friends and family try to reach out to you, you might be pretty pissed at them. And there's no reason for that. It's just because you're so emotionally drained. You screwed yourself because you're angry all day or you're so excited all day. You have no more energy just to... Get back to our normal medium. So she lays it out with all these cases and uh, other doctors and writers, authors, saying, yeah, I, I believe that they're, they're, you only have so much energy in your body. Yes, there are extroverts and introverts, but we all still only have a limited supply. And if you're floating on cloud nine or you're pissy, that's going to drain you quickly. 
and then it might make you worse. So she's saying, let's kind of let's go down toward a low intensity. There's nothing wrong with a low intensity calm and serenity. You know, the uh, negative side of that would be uh, sadness and depression. You don't want that either. So have a balance. The balance of when you get excited and you have great days, fantastic. But find ways to calm down and get yourself back to a happy medium. Then on the days you're feeling sad and depressed, find ways to pick yourself up and then get back to that medium. You don't want to be depressed and sad because then not only do people not want to be around you, but it's, it's a tragic state to be in. Nobody wants to be depressed and feeling lonely. You actually may not be. You may have all these loved ones around you, but that's what depression does. It makes you feel hopeless, saying, oh, I don't care. It's, it's over. That's it. So avoid that at all costs. Managing your energy. I do. I recommend this book. I think she's got most of it in line. Very well said. <laughs> and number four, chapter four, get more done by doing more of nothing. That sounds almost exactly like an article I wrote for bonfirethoughts.com maybe a year ago, and I titled it The Importance of Doing Nothing. <laughs> so she and I could not agree more, and she says, look, if you are an accountant, don't spend your weekend, you know, doing math on your blackboard at home. Come on, get away from the numbers. Go do something completely different. Go play tennis. Go outside and swim. Sleep in. Eat well. Spice it up. Have some variety. If you are you know, a jock, sports jock, professional or otherwise, and you spend most of your time doing that, or you're most of the time at the gym, then have a day where you just sit and watch TV for a few hours. Or you go to the bowling alley. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Why not? It's not too uh, strenuous, and it can be enjoyable, and you're with your buddies. She's saying to spice it up because... There is evidence to suggest, and I also speak from my personal experience, when I'm looking for an answer, say something work-related, I will go play golf. I will sleep in, make sure I get plenty of rest so my mind is clear. I will sometimes just turn on TV and veg out. I'm not really paying attention. It could be something I've seen dozens of times before, and I'd say I'm not really focusing on what I'm looking at. I'm just kind of almost looking through the TV and just letting my mind wander. And every now and then I tune back into the TV, but then I tune right back out, and my mind is kind of working through whatever problem it may be having. And eventually, after sleeping on it, doing a variety of you know activities, I can say, well, hey, there's the answer. I never even thought of that. It's as clear as day now. So she's saying you can get more done by doing more of nothing. Find time to be idle. And then, of course, find the time to play. And chances are it'll actually help you be more productive with your work. And then that's how you get ahead. You figure out different answers to different or different solutions. She highly recommends that, and so do I. Chapter 5. Enjoy a successful relationship with yourself. Key point here is uh, we can be very hard on ourselves. She says, research shows that the brain has a negativity bias. You know what? That sounds about right. We live our lives, quote, We live our lives so focused on the negative that we often fail to notice, let alone enjoy what we do have. There's an analysis that says something like 75% of our life may be going well, but we only tend to focus on the 25% negative. Why do we do that? And she goes into saying, you know, maybe it's possible evolution. That's what helped our species survive. You know, it had to focus on the negatives like, hmm, I don't feel safe here. Maybe we should move. That kind of stress. But in today's world, it's kind of not necessary. 
Thank goodness. So why do we focus on the negative so much? Who knows? But it doesn't really matter because it's there. So if you acknowledge it and say, okay, I know my brain today is going to tend to focus on the negatives. Let me find the positives today. Hmm, I got to eat today. Hmm, I actually got to sleep in today. Wow, today went really well at work. Nothing went wrong. And then I went home and I got to watch a movie with my buddy or my girlfriend or my spouse. Great. Those are all the positives of the day, okay? You should be focusing on those things and saying, this is fantastic. Not everybody in the world gets to do what I just did today. Don't be so hard on yourself. When you're hard on yourself, you tend to be unfair. Then when you're unfair with yourself, you'll translate that over to others. And be kind of a... (laughs) You'll be kind of a jerk. I almost said something else there. (laughs) You'll be kind of a jerk if if you're a jerk to yourself, okay? Lighten up. It's okay. We're human. Mistakes are made. It's not the end of the world. We have a tendency to catastrophize. I think that's the word. That's how you pronounce it. Yeah, it's you saying, oh, worst case scenario, oh, I'm going to get fired today because I did this. If your boss even noticed, and if the boss did notice, just probably give you a slap on the wrist and say, okay, well, obviously you know what you did was wrong. Don't do it again. Boom. We're done. Moving on. And finally, chapter six, understand the kindness edge. Now, this is very similar to another book that I read. It's called The Go-Giver. I don't think I did a review on it for Bonfire, but maybe I should. Anyway, The Go-Giver is all about giving. If you want to get the most out of life and be successful and happy, you should give, give, give. Like there's no tomorrow. So here in chapter 6, she is more or less along those same lines, saying, look, if you want happiness in your personal life and your work, you should be giving. Don't be looking around thinking, hey, what can I get out of, what, what can I get out of this? What's in it for me? Look around and say, well, how can I help, how can I help that guy? What's in his best interest? And that because human beings are social creatures, they're going to notice those sympathetic qualities in you saying, wow, he willingly chose to help me. Okay, I kind of feel indebted to him. Now I want to help you. You know, most human beings are decent people. And so they'll do something like that. They'll say, hey, Bob helped me today. I'm going to help him tomorrow because I feel like it now. I feel good. Now feel great tomorrow when I get to help him. And then it just goes back and forth. And you start helping everybody. You say it just feels great. Everybody's winning. Everybody's happy. Come on. What's not to like about that? So she's all about compassion and uh, generosity and giving. That's great. Absolutely. Think of others. Put others first is the bottom line. When you do that, everybody wins. Everybody's happy. Everything is good. If only everybody did that. Of course, that would be in a perfect world, and we are not in a perfect world. So on that super positive note, we are not in a uh, perfect world. (laughs) That is the end of the A block. Man, that was an intense one. Almost 22 minutes. But hey, first book review. I don't think it's too bad. I read this thing cover to cover. There's actually a lot in it. So Bonfire recommends it. Gives you a big old thumbs up. Thumbs up from the Bonfire for the happiness track by Dr. Emma Cepela. Go ahead and uh, go check it out. I'm sure there are e-books in today's day and age. But me, I like to get the real thing. So I have something in my hand to hold while I highlight and flip a real page and then amass, you know, a nice library down the road. I want to have some physical books in my possession, not just a hard drive, because if that hard drive burns up, boom, there goes all my stuff. That would suck. So everybody, please stay tuned for, oh, there it is. Nice deep breaths. Everybody, please stay tuned for the B Block coming up. This is the Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. (laughs) 